and welcome to episode 73 of the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. I, it's international break and as usual it's completely dead, nothing's going on and it's been hard to decide what we're going to do for a podcast but obviously we always have some good stuff coming up with you and I'm joined by a wonderful regular guest as usual, Jesters. How you doing my friend? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow night's uh, game for for U.S. men's national team. Hopefully, they can uh, overcome the the crap of a coach they have. I know that the England has the same uh, same issue, winning winning in despite of the manager. But uh, you know that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about Chelsea and the, and the wonderful summer we've had and and how it sets us up even for the January transfer window. So let's roll on this. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a decent day watching Formula One. Uh, Lewis Hamilton just missing out. But what 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 a lovely track. Ne- they, sorry to go off on a tangent of Formula One, but what a lovely track the Netherlands Grand Prix is with them banks that go up like that. It's absolutely fantastic. But it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a good race tomorrow. And hold it's my this weekend despite international break it's the whole weekend of just different sports which is nice I, normally i can't pay too much attention to loads of other sports but now chelsea's out of the way or at least the men are out of the way we'll get into the women maybe at the end of this but um i can pay attention to a lot more other sports which is nice but we will get into the chelsea stuff because otherwise people will start turning off straight away uh so Transfer window has closed, and we've done some pretty good business, haven't we, Jesters? Yeah, I think so. Um, we had two glaring needs coming into the summer: uh, clinical striker, check, and uh, another midfielder that can push the ones we had there already, check. Uh, anything else after that was gravy. I do remember at the beginning of the summer saying that it would be not be a summer like. Uh, uh, the summer of 2021, um, there would only be two or three signings. And, of course, we did only have three signings. Uh, no Bettinelli gets left out of that, but he was the signing in the summer. So that was three signings. Uh, we hit all our targets. Uh, some would say, well, maybe we didn't get our number one striker. But I think we actually did get our number one striker. I think that it it was Lukaku the whole time. But you had to make the inquiry on on Harland uh, to see if you could you could do that. I mean, because if you could do that, then or if it was feasible, then then you go do that. But I think that Lukaku was always the number one target. Looking back on everything, looking back on all the stories, and of, of course uh, to bring in uh, uh, Saul, Saul Neguez, uh and his beautiful left foot. And what he can bring when he is he is right. Uh, again, he just makes that midfield just a just another tool in the toolbox for Tuchel. And I think that that he's going to surprise everybody on on how well he he plays and how good he actually is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll it's it's been a very decent summer summer in terms of signings in. Obviously, I'd, I like you. I did think two or three signings at tops would be um, what we'd get. I think for me, 
we have hit all the priorities. I know people were annoyed that we got a defender, but I feel a midfielder was more important. And I would have been more annoyed if we brought in Kunde, but didn't fix the midfield situation because that would have been the only place where we would have been in trouble and depth. I in agree. A se- in a season where we've got, what, 60, 65 games, potentially, we can't go into it with three centre midfields and centre midfielders and one or two options that are not really centre midfielders in terms of that pivot, but we'll throw in anyway. You can't win trophies like that. So I think it's good that we have got that option instead of the centre-back. But we'll get we'll get more into detail. Obviously, you kind of mentioned the next part that was going to go on. Obviously, Erling Haaland. That was the big talk of most of the transfer window. Um, were Chelsea going to make this hundred and fifty million pound bid? Um, it was the whole waiting to release the funds um, that was going on for about three four weeks. Obviously, we know Sadiq tried to get this move happening he got loads of information which contrary to what people say he did get a lot of information right just unfortunately the end part some things change sometimes things happen in transfer windows you you hear something two weeks ago and it becomes old news things can change very quickly so to the people that moan about Sadiq he did have a lot of stuff right and from looking at the receipts they come from reliable people so I wouldn't moan at him too much, but obviously it didn't work out. And we later did find out that that was partially because of horrible, horrible wage demands, agent fee packages, father fee packages. That's what I'm going to say because he's not really an agent. But um, and obviously it amounted to nearly 500 million over the five years. Um, just as is, is Harland a a dodge bullet that we dodged quite well? Well, I think it, if you take in totalitary and, and to, you know, in total, what we are trying to do as a football club uh, to be self-sustaining <clears throat> and to put a product on the field that's able to win titles every year. I think that that signing would have severely retarded our, our future transfer prospects. Uh, I mean, I think to some, a small portion of our fan base, that would have been great because that would have meant we would have been filling a lot of spaces with uh, Cobham kids, right? And I know a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, really get a stiffy for that kind of thing. But we're trying to win multiple trophies a year, and you're not doing that with Cobham kids. And as the majority of your of your uh, squad, it's just not going to happen. Not everybody who comes out of Cobham is is uh, the next big thing. Unfortunately, uh, that gets hyped up way too much. And if we did, and if, really and truly, if we did sign uh, Erling, it would have been, you know, you would have seen the likes of Ampadu, uh, of Ruben, of Ross Barkley of uh billy gilmore all of those players still in the squad because you 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 had to you wouldn't have been able to bring in a sony guest maybe you would have had a soul you would have had a soul kovacic this summer to make up uh so, you know to have the money to pay the salary 
to keep your salary, um, your your expenditures there in check. So you you would have had to 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 dismantle maybe a lot of of you would have had another you would have had to have one of the forwards go out too. You would have had to see a column go, and I'm not talking about on a loan. He would have been had been sold. Maybe a Timo Werner being sold, a Ziyech being sold, a Pulisic being sold. And I know for some people, some of those names are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Sell those people. But you start shrinking the depth you have in the team, the quality throughout. It's not just having depth. It's not just having live bodies. It's somebody who can come on the pitch and make a difference, can keep maintain the level of the player that came off and maybe do something extra to turn the tide of a game when you need it. And when you start selling off that debt or that depth and that qual- and that quality, because you can always put a live body there, right? But it's not going to be to the ability or the skill level as what we have there now. And so I think really, if you really sit back and look at it, Lukaku was the better signing um, because he wants to be here. He's not going to have his head turned somewhere else. This is probably where he'll, he'll retire or at least retire from, I mean, he might go play in MLS, but uh, a lot of people call it retirement league anyway. Um, but yeah, that's my thought on that. Yeah, I mean, Haaland would have completely destroyed, not even just the transit budget, but the wage budget. And where at the moment we have a contract situation, especially with the defenders, where they are on one year the deal when we need to sign him on that would if if you're paying someone 825 grand a week you're you you you're, you're they're going to ask for at least 200 250 because yes Haaland scored a lot of goals but Rudiger won the Champions League last season all of these players won the Champions League so that means a lot Haaland didn't win the Champions League so obviously that that would have caused a lot of different problems so maybe in the end the man we got is a better option um and we'll go on to that man now obviously Romelu Lukaku we signed him for 97 million pounds um which is a decent fee uh I can't remember what his wage was exactly I think it's about 250 am I right I don't have the number right in front of me but that sounds about right and so yeah, but- when we talk about salaries, we need to put in there that this is a net salary, most likely, that we're talking about. That doesn't account for what the 50% tax fee in England at that stage is I either 40 or 50%. So if he's making 250 you add another 125 on top of that. And so his actual salary is about 375 k a week. He just gets to see 250 of it. The other 125 goes to... To the English government, right? Yeah. So uh, even the Holland fee uh, or the Holland proposed Holland uh, salary, I believe, was probably a net salary too. It would have been well over a million going to the English, you know, uh, it was as a gross salary. So you know, we have to understand that, you know, when you, you, that's why sometimes you see two different figures for people being paid. One is sometimes gross, one one is sometimes net. But I, I want I want to say that most of the times you you'll see a net reported. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that that does connect the dots to the reports we got just after the Super League stuff happened, where Hart Rayola wants to make Haaland the first million pound a week footballer, um, which would make sense um, with the fee. But yeah, Lukaku obviously was the signing we end up getting from Inter Milan. Uh, it was at the, it was funny because at the start of the window, he basically come out and said that I'm happy in at Milan, I'm going to stay. Um, the Euros happened, and then it was once the Haaland's thing started faltering that we started hearing Chelsea are turning their attention to Lukaku. First bid comes in, rejected. Second bid comes in, reportedly rejected. Third bid comes in, finally accepted, and then Lukaku is suddenly on his way on a plane to London, and he signs a contract coming back to his club after, I think it was just before the 10th anniversary of his, him signing in the first place. Um, Jester, do you think this is the right move for Chelsea Football Club to bring a player like Lukaku? Fits the roles of Drogba and Costa in the past and is more that typical Chelsea striker that normally succeeds at Chelsea? Well, I, I, don't, I don't like to put people... I don't like to compare players because it's really it's unfair to to both sets of players when you try to do that. So let's just say that the options out there were Erling Holland, uh, they were uh, Harry Kane, uh, Robert Lewandowski, and Romelu Lukaku. Okay, as a holdup player. There's only really one out there in Romelu Lukaku. Um, Kane has is more is been playing more false nine than being a hold up player. Uh, Lewandowski really is is not that type of player. Uh, not to say that these players can't do it because they're actually highly talented, but you don't of of all of those names list, listed, there's one that has the the body and frame type where you can put him up up there and know he's going to be able to outmuscle one if not two defenders so um yeah i think it was the right choice in the end uh the uh, transfer fee of course is always going to be that high for somebody of of uh, of his quality but his love for the club is undeniable um this is what it, this is where what he wanted to do. This is the place he wanted to call home. Uh, it didn't work out before, but he gets to come back and 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 prove all those things that uh, he wanted to prove in the first place. Uh, so he's going to be extra motivated to to to, to do everything that uh, you know he did in Syria. So he he'll want to hit that twenty five goal mark around that twenty five goal mark. Um, you know maybe creep into double figures with assists if if those players around him can finish those those when they're when they're put on the plate a certain number eight didn't do that against uh uh liverpool which could could have won us the game so it's just a matter of of how how we perform around him you know what you're going to get with romelu lukaku he is going to give you uh in that presence he's going to give you in the box finishing and you give him four chances a game, he's going to put two of them in the back of the net with the, with the type of chances we create, which are they should be finished. Um, we had a bunch of those big chances missed last year. He's not going to do that. So uh, 
I just think that uh, it was the right signing. Uh, and I have to give uh, Marina and the board all credit for doing it. Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with your points there. I think he does He does seem like the striker that is, one, he's suited to the Premier League. Two, he's played in the Premier League before, so you don't really have that issue of will he set a win. And again, he's just that, he, the way he plays, like as I said, he is the only forward at the moment that can hold up the ball properly. And we've already seen it in the Arsenal game, to some extent the Liverpool game, although that was thanks to Anthony Taylor, kind of ruined for Lukaku in the end. Um, but he does look like that forward that is really going to bring this, bring another level to Chelsea. And as we said before, he was, the striker was the missing piece of the jigsaw. And I think we might have found that perfect piece. We haven't found a piece that could fit, but we've just, you've got to jam it in to fit it in. But I think this one is one that just, you just have to place in that fits in perfect. Um, do you think Lukaku will be a success going into the end of the season? I do. I, I really do. Of all the uh, strikers that came in, and there's really, you know, you've got Danny Ings moving team, uh, you've got uh, Ronaldo moving team, and you have Lukaku moving team. Uh, I can't really think of anybody else. Um, there's been there's been a couple of smaller ones in, but those those would. We'll just see those are the big three that moved. You know, Harry Kane stayed with Tottenham. Um, so I think of, of all of those listed, I think Lukaku will have the biggest impact on the team they went, that he went to. Um, that's not to say that maybe, uh, you know, you say, well, Ronaldo might score more, more goals, but is it the end? You know, you have to understand that it's not always the stats you put up in the game is the impact. What you, what that team wins. Uh, is that, that team able to be better than it was last year? And Lukaku, again, is that missing clinical finisher, somebody you can count on when a goal's needed to come in and score? And uh, it, so for I think it's it's undeniable that he'll have the, mo- the uh, most influence on our team, and he'll be the one that's doing um, the business when it needs to be done. So for me, uh, he is the the uh, number one striker acquisition of the summer. Yeah, but I mean, I, again, once again, I, I can't disagree with that. I think he will be a success. Um, I always, I'm always a little, but little bit worried with Lukaku in the big moments, but I think. We hopefully will see that come through, and I think we've got a lot of big moment players as well. So hopefully, if 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 by the issue that Romelu Lukaku does mess up at the big moment when you need him, we've got other players that can step up. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, moving into our next signing, we'll go to we'll go from the striker to the midfielder, um, Sal Niguez. Obviously, this was the transfer deadline day drama as usual it always comes no matter well you've got all these big football clubs that are big rich should be they're all professional they're all big clubs you think oh they'll be able to get their business done on time there won't be any late scrambles in the final hours but always comes and once again this is another one obviously signed for a 4.5 million loan fee 
with an option to buy of around 34 million. Um, do you think this is obviously the midfield we've discussed was an area where we didn't have a lot of depth. Um, we had the option to bring Schumann in, but from what we've heard, Chelsea wants to see him for another year before they make a final decision. Obviously, Declan Rice at 100 million. We don't even want to talk to him about that. Um, you had other little options that spread up, and you had options such as Ruben off the cheek and even Ampadu at the time before he went out on loan. But do you think Sal is the right player to bring into this Chelsea squad at the moment? Well, it, I think as in terms of experience, check. Uh, championship pedigree, check. You know, they won La Liga last year. Um, somebody that's able to overcome adversity. Uh, uh, from the stories I've heard, his kidney went in the middle of a game. And he continued to play till halftime. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, the dude is tough as nails. Because if your kidney basically explodes in your body and you continue to play at a high level in a football game, go in and throw up at halftime and say, now, coach, I'm good to go. I want that player on my team. <laughs> I, that's the kind of guy I want on my team because, you know, when he's not going to be uh, the guy left rolling around on the ground if he – if if uh, he gets barely touched, um, he has that left foot, which we sorely miss. Uh, and the lack of uh, assist and goals other than Jorginho penalties from that midfield is it is it is concerning. Um, the lack of outside shots from outside the, of the box is concerning because it allows the defense to fall back into the box and clog thing up, things up for Lukaku. And, and the other two uh, attack, attackers we have on the pitch. So what you get with Sal Nuguez at his best, and I think he'll get back to his best under Tuchel because Tuchel's already done that with so many different players. See Alonso, uh, see Rudiger, um, see Jorginho. Uh, there's, it's no coincidence that these players have, have flourished underneath this manager and somebody with the talent and somebody who's shown the ability that that Saul has, you have to understand that he's going to do bets for Chelsea football clubs. And I'm going to tell you right now, he will displace Kovacic in the rotation. There's no doubt in my mind that when when Tuchel looks at his bench or looks for somebody else to pair with uh, Jorginho, after too long, it will be Saul because. He gives you that one thing that Kovacic doesn't. He gives you a threat in the final third. And we've sorely lacked that out of that midfield pairing. And we we have to have it this year if we want to do the things we want to do, which is repeat as UCL champions and win the Premier League. Uh, you know, we've got the Super Cup. I think the Club World Cup is pretty much – there's not a whole lot of uh, – Big time teams there that you can look at and go, you know, maybe that that team will be a a problem. Uh, so I I, I want to see the Champions League again, and I want to see uh, the Premier League this year. And and Saul is definitely could be one of those uh, players that's a missing piece to that. So uh, it's another brilliant signing. Cost us basically nothing, and if he does bits like I think he's going to do bits, then. You're looking at uh, 
30, I've heard anywhere from 30 to 34 million pounds. So still for somebody of his skill level, who had a release clause of well over 100 million pounds, that's, that's wonderful business. Another uh, feather in Marina's cap. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with that. I think, obviously, in terms of the whole kidney situation, yeah. I mean, he he had an issue with his kidney, as you said, played till half-time, um, had an issue in the changing room. Coach was like, you're not you're not okay. He was refusing. He was wanted to stay, play, carry on playing. He then went to the hospital and was out for a few months before coming back. Um, and then, yeah, and... It was funny because a lot of people kind of say, oh, his bad form came because of that kidney problem. But actually, I was listening to um, on Miz's channel. He had a, a fan on that was from, he watches Atletico Madrid, his club. And he was saying, oh, actually, Sal Niguez's best times were exactly around when he had that kidney problem. And it was it's actually after that, due to different reasons why he dropped in form a little bit in the last year or two but um yeah as you said i think it's great to have someone he's a fighter someone who is who i, I don't want to i don't want to make this in a jokey way but will literally die for the badge um on the pitch uh but i i think it's it's a good option the reason i think it's a good option is because when i look at sound again i see all the different types like all the different parts of Jorginho, in a way, I see a bit of Kovacic and I see a bit of Kante. So he is that midfielder that can come in and he can not, he's not going to replace a Kante, obviously, but he can, he can do some of the traits, he can use some of the traits that Kante would bring. He can use a lot of the traits that Kovacic brings. I think he's most similar to Kovacic, but I think he's a better actual box-to-box midfielder than people say Kovacic is. But then I think he can play. He can play the passes a bit, not as much as good as Jorginho, but he can replace Jorginho away. And I think that's where you look at Shoemeni. I think he was more of a Kante type uh, replacement if you're going to categorise players. Declan Rice again, he would he you wouldn't be able to say he brings traits of Jorginho into the team. Whereas Niguez, for a loan fee of four million, even if we don't buy him at the end. I think he's gonna. I think it's it's one of them signings. Even if he does flop, you're you're paying a four million loan fee, and if he flops, he'll just be a a, util, a very squad rotation player in the cup games. So him just being at the club itself just gives that rest to players like Kante, players like Kovacic, players like Jorginho. Um, but if he if he exceeds what we think, and I think he will, my prediction is that Sal Niguez does really well we buy him at the end of the summer and I see Kovacic going next summer because I think they're I don't think the club completely rate Kovacic as highly as other people do that is proved with uh, the rumours where he was set to be look, considered to be involved in swap deals um, with Hakimi which we'll get on to before we move on to the selling aspect um, but so yeah, I, I just don't think Kovacic is as highly rated. And if we can get a price for him to sell him on, like Chelsea do, because we want to be self-sustaining, we want to generate earnings for other players, I think we will do that with Kovacic. And I think a midfielder will come in next year 
even if Sound, I guess, goes. And I think the Kovacic money could be used for that. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But I, I do think Sound, I guess, will be a good signing. Um, are you worried a little bit, though? We've obviously, his form over the last year or two hasn't been as good for Atletico Madrid. Do you think that's a bit of a worry for you? Or do you think he'll overcome that and smash it in the Premier League? No, again, I think that I, I think that had a lot to do with the mental aspect of, you know, people, physical traits like he has, they don't just disappear, right? (laughs) They just don't go poof and magically vanish. So it's all, it's, it's all about what's in his head. And I think that there was probably uh, some bad blood between him and, and, and Simeone kind of, he was played all over the pitch in different positions um so i think it was you know sometimes it's good to get away right it's it's time to get a fresh it's good to get a fresh start get a get a new outlook on things be 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 coached by a different a coach that'll give you different things to do and challenge you in different ways and that's the way we grow right that's the way we grow as human beings that's how we grow as people and that's how you grow it as a as a footballer is is to be able to take a new set of instructions and uh, a new way to play and digest that and put your skill set to it. So I think this is this is actually a great thing for Saul. And I think my expectations of him is, is to again take the uh, take the rotation spot from Kovacic and uh, and to be a, a big player for us. In all the different cups and and and, and uh, you know especially the Champions League and the Premier League, uh, we've got uh, a whole lot of games and having that option there. And and again, he does have some versatility. So if you have a major injury at, at left wing back, he can do that because he's left footed. Uh, he would be like the third string rotation on that side. Well, at least you have one now, right? God forbid that the first two options go down. At least you have somebody with a left foot you can put there. Uh, so, it, again, I, I I have high expectations for him. And I think he'll live up to those expectations. And I think a lot of people have, will have their eyes opened to what a wonderful player he actually is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with your points. I mean, I think you... You kind of touched on it where Simeone, he did play him around in a lot of different positions. I think it got to the point where Niguez, he wanted to play in that sense of mid-roll. That is his position predominantly. He can play in other positions, but that is a position he wants to play in. And at an age of 25, 26, you want to just excel in your proper position. But obviously, he was used in this new kind of system that Simeone was trying out um, in the wing-back and it was, he was doing okay, but wasn't doing great. And then Simeone revolt, resulted back to type. And then he was kind of stuck out the team. You had Rodrigo de Paul come in. And it, I think it got to the point where just Sal was ready to go. I think there is, he has a big wage as well. And obviously with the whole uh, wage cap and the Spanish uh, issues with Barcelona, both Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid are affected as well by that, but just not on a big, as big an extent as Barcelona are. And I think Sal was just the target. They just wanted to get off the wage bill. 
Um, and I think the way when Niguez was talking in his press conference, uh, his uh, interview once he signed, he just screams of someone that just wanted a new challenge, just wanted a different atmosphere. And the motivation I feel he has to do well at Chelsea Football Club, I have... I don't have too much doubt unless he gets a big injury halfway through the season and then that obviously can mess any player up and you never know what can happen. I think he has the motivation to do well in his team and rejuvenate himself and really stamp a position for him. I think similar to how Klopp and Antonio Conte are, I think they kind of run players out. They run players down and you can only... Sub- you can only be in a Klopp system, a Conte system for so long before you kind of need to be refreshed and get out. And I think that, for Niguez, I think it was one of them things where he just needed to get out of the club. But obviously, with his big release clause, as most Spanish players do, a nine-year contract, it's hard for him to get suitors. But luckily, Chelsea have come up with this uh, loan deal. And I do think it'll be successful for him and if it does, I think it really puts us on to going on to win the league. Um, but guys, let let us know. Obviously, when we post this on Twitter, you can know, te- let us know in the comment box what you what do you think about Niguez? Because there is some different opinions, especially within the Worldwide Chelsea uh, panel. There's a few couple of people that don't really rate Saul and they think he's going to fail. But people like me and Jester's, we're confident that he's going to succeed. So. We'll let us know what you think because we always love to hear your opinions. Um, Jesses, we'll move on very quickly to the final sign-in, and I'll include another one that's technically a promotion, but not exactly a sign-in. So, goalkeeper, we needed a third choice. Caballero left the club at the end of the season. I don't know whether he's actually retired or not. I know he left, but I don't know whether he's got. An, I've not heard that he's gone to a new club, so maybe he's retired. I'm not 100% sure on that. We've signed Marcus Bettinelli on a free, former Fulham player. Good move, Jesters. Obviously, it's a third-choice goalkeeper, so you don't really get much out of him. Right. Uh, never seen him play. Probably have, and and <laughs> couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not going to sit here and, and wax lyrical about somebody that I couldn't tell you about. Apparently, um, he's been scouted for years. According to, to to what was said, you know, of course, you always put good PR out. And uh, the biggest thing is he has the English flag next to his name, so he counts as a homegrown in Champions League. So you kind of killed two, two birds with one stone. You have a third court, uh, choice court goalkeeper who apparently is liked within the, the scouting uh, department and, and maybe even higher up. And again... He's homegrown, so you killed two birds with one stone there, and uh, I don't see him really seeing much of the field. Maybe in mop-up duty, uh, if we're, you know, we won the our group really early, you might see him. Uh, but Keppel will get all the time that Mindy does not get because we're trying to rejuvenate his career and make him a sellable asset uh, for next summer, right? So he's going to get all that. He's going to get all that playtime, and and so I don't. Unless an injury comes up, I don't. I don't think you'll see much of uh, Marcus Bettinelli, but he'll get a paycheck sit on the bench. 
Um, and that's, uh, you know, what, what he's going to get this year. And that's really all I have to say about him. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not, there's not much we can really talk about. You've kind of said about the homegrown quota, which always fits really well with certain goalkeepers, with goalkeepers that you're not going to use, but I do think it's a, it's, it's a fairly decent signing. I mean, a third choice goalkeeper is a third choice goalkeeper. I mean, it would be quite funny as if when Mendy goes out on international duty, just it'd be typical Chelsea for Kepa to get some sort of injury and Bettinelli will have to play against the likes of Manchester City, Tottenham and that coming in. But I mean, he's 29. So if he is a third choice goalkeeper, I imagine he's going to stay around for quite a long time. Um, so, yeah, he's an English player. I can't really say anymore, if I'm honest. I mean, he, I, 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 and from what I've heard of him, he was at the last, uh, he got a loan spell with Fulham last season and was on loan at Middlesbrough, who struggled in the championship and he didn't do too well. So that doesn't bring me loads of excitement. But again, he's a third choice goalkeeper, so I, I, I don't expect him to play. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. And hopefully, maybe he gets a token game every now and then and we can cheer him on over emphatically because he's a third choice goalkeeper right but, yeah <laughs> that that as much we're gonna go we're not gonna spend any more time talking about martin's better so the final player that i was going to talk about which is technically an, a promotion uh obviously trevor shalaba was out on loan and has been registered with the under 23s but since now he's had a very good preseason, a very good start to the season has been promoted into the first team and looks like now with the departures of Kunde, which we'll get into a little bit after this didn't happen, he it looks like he's going to get a bit more game time this season. Um, Jesses, do you think Trevor Shalab is a good academy in uh, introduction into the team? Do you think he's going to be a good addition? Yeah, I'm going to hold good for uh, another day. Of course, we've seen him in two matches and. All, all credit to him. He played brilliantly in both matches, right? Uh, and I'm saying competitive matches. Of course, there was preseason ones, but I'm talking Super Cup and the first match of the season. Um, so, yeah, for me, let's not let's not go off on this thing that that certain fans and the fan base do every time. Oh, we don't need him. We have X player from Kabul. Okay. He has very good parts of his game. He's got the skills of a midfielder playing as a, a defensive, you know, a, as a, a center back. So he has the, the ball playing ability that Tuchel likes. He can dribble. He can, he can play with the ball at his feet. Um, so, and he's tall. He's six, I think, I want to say he's 6'3". Um, so he, he's good early. So let's see him more before we say, Oh, it's going to be amazing uh, because even bad players, not to say he is going to be one, have good games, right? They can have a stretch of good games, but overall, they're not that good. So let's hold judgment and, and, and before we crown him the next John Terry. Uh, and just, I, I have seen that comment on, on Twitter already. Uh, why do you think I brought it up? <laughs> it's just... Look, let him let him just be a young player with something to prove. Let him get his time when he gets it. Let him do what let him do his business. And let's see where he is. But 
I don't want to rush out and say, oh, this this kid's it because we've seen we haven't seen him enough against the top top uh, the top top talent in the world to know what he's going to do and what he's going to be. So, you know, sometimes it's better to remain silent and thought of fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to remain silent on him. I I wish him well. I hope he's brilliant every time he comes on the pitch. Uh, I hope he continues in the same vein as he did in the, in the, in the first two matches, super cup in the first match of the season. Um, but I'm not going to get too high on him. I'm not going to get too low because young players have ups and downs. It's just what it is. Until you hit a certain, you know, your prime, where you're more even keel, you're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. And so you're going to have people just saying, oh, next John Terry. And then on the, on the flip side, why do we sell Zuma? We could have kept Zuma. We got this guy if he has a bad game. You're going to see those things. Just be quiet and let him develop. And then when he develops, and if if he's if he's good, you can say, Yeah, I mean, that was a great, great find by Tuchel. If he wasn't, you can say, Well, he just didn't work out. But you're not out there already on one side or the other where you have to you have to make points that to back up your position. And it's just something that our fan base needs to learn. It's not every kid that comes out of Cobham is gold. Some are more lead, right? So <clears throat> that's my thoughts on him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you provide you. It's a very good balanced argument. To be fair, I think for me, I've obviously my my dad is an Ipswich Town fan, and Trevor Shalaber, his first loan was at Ipswich Town, and they got relegated that year. And I looked at him and he was one of the worst players I've ever seen. He was absolutely pony. Uh, I looked at him and thought, why is he a Chelsea player? Why is he a Chelsea player? What what does he do to even deserve to get into this academy team, let alone the first team? But obviously that was when he was 17, so you can kind of understand first year of football. It was a bit of a crap team as well. But I think the way he's performed in pre-season, I think he's... He's at least earned. He's earned the right to have a chance to be included in the squad and play the rotation games and have a chance to prove himself. As as you said, I'm not going to go so far and stick my neck on the line and say he's going to be the next John Terry, as people say. But I do think he he has earned that shot to to have a chance and try and cement a place for him. And if again, as just as you said, if he does well, fantastic. It means we we've got another position filled in. And if it doesn't work, as you said, it sometimes it doesn't work out. I do trust I, I do trust Tuchel at the moment. Um, that if he if he sees a lot of good in Shalabur, that I think hopefully Tuchel can bring the best out of him. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we've seen. Players like Ross Barkley have purple patches in preseason, where they, he looks like Lionel Messi, Xavi, and Iniesta all in one. But we know Ross Barkley just dies off eventually. So we'll see how Trevor Shalaba does over the over the season. I think he'll get most of the cup games, maybe some of the Champions League matches in the group stage. Um, and if he does really well, and we get injuries, um, 
he could he could start featuring in some of the Premier League games. So we'll have to wait and see really because but I think it's a it's a good chance for him to have at least for these next six months, depending if we get another defender in January or not. Um to pr- just again prove himself. Show us what you got. Um obviously Chelsea I know people, the youth emphatics will go, we just sell a bunch of youth players. But no, we do give, if you deserve the shot, Chelsea will give you a shot. You've, you, obviously, sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time and Trevor is in that place. But he he is going to get that shot. And we just got to, as Jester said, stay level-headed, see how it goes. And if he succeeds, we praise him. If it doesn't, then we just say... So it's not worked out. We maybe moves on to another club, and we just carry on as normal. I think we need to stop being, as you said, overhyped one way or overhyped the other. Um, and I think that's the problem with Chelsea Twitter in general, unfortunately. But let's hope Trevor can do really well, um, and hopefully fix another part of the squad. Um, that kind of ends all of the incomings that did happen. We'll speak about one more thing that did well, did not happen in the window. The whole Jules Conde uh, drama, obviously it seemed like we were going to sign him. Um, All the reports were kind of suggesting that it was going to get done. Um, Then there was issues with the Zuma deal, and then now suddenly over the weekend, the final weekend before the window, it was off. The Sevilla was telling a different price to what was apparently quoted by Chelsea and then Sevilla come out with saying they had a deadline that Chelsea didn't meet Chelsea saying the complete opposite and there was lots of random stories that were coming out no real good informational proof and Jules Koundé has now stayed at Sevilla for the near future since then he has now come out he's got sent off for France Uh, it definitely looked like a I have not signed for a club I wanted to and f- got the frustration out on the poor Bosnian player. Uh, but it's one of them things. And then now he's also come out and apparently is rejecting calls from both the manager and the board members of Sevilla. So, Jesters, um, what do you think of the whole Jules Kunde? Are you annoyed that we didn't sign him or are you okay with not signing him? You know, like you, I I would love to have him, but I would have been more annoyed if we didn't get a center midfielder, which we desperately needed over a center back. We're kind of stacked in that area. Um, so it would have been, you know, the cherry on top of the Sunday, right? And uh, we, we unfortunately just didn't come off, whether, you know, you can say it was, Sevilla, you could say it was Chelsea, whoever it was, it just didn't happen. And sometimes that 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 goes on. Uh, I still think that it's a very good chance we sign him in January, especially if, of course, we have Christensen who's signed a new deal, but Rudiger has not. So if that's not a settled thing, he can leave on. He can negotiate in January as well to go to his next club if he does not sign a new contract. So uh, Kunde does give you cover and depth in that position. So I, I would say uh, in a January window, it's possible we could have two signings, um, one being a Jules Kunde, 
and uh, I won't name the second one just yet unless you want me to. No, go on. I'll let, I'll let you mention it. I think it might be uh, Frank Yannickessi. Um, he has turned down AC Milan's. Not that he'd come in in January, mind you. He would be signed. Yeah, I was going to say it would be free, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a free contract, so we can he can negotiate in January as well. And again, if we're talking, um, Kovacic may uh, might be leaving next summer. You've got, and even if we sign Saul, you still have to bring in a fourth choice again, right? You still have to have four there if you're going to stay with uh, a double pivot and only play with two midfielders. You got to have four on the, on, on the roster. So a Kessie on a free, I'll take that all day long. Uh, I think we've had pretty good success with Ivorian uh, midfielders, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, we have we've had a few successes. Let's just say that. So we'll, we'll see. And, and as I'm, I'm saying that, I'm watching two men walk off very slowly in the France v. Uh, Ukraine match. So... <laughs> uh, he picked up knock, so he would be the other one I would look to. Um, and he played as a six mainly in this game. So mm. no Basmati for me. No, I think Rice is. Look, why is West Ham going to lower their price of their best player? Which actually, I don't think he is. I think it's Mikel Antonio. They're not going to lower that price. Even if they lower it to 80 million, he's not worth 80 million. Even if they lower it to 60 million, he's not worth 60 million. Not when you can get Frank Chessie on a free. Not when you can get Aurelium Chumini for like 30 million pounds. There's not that big of a difference between a 21 or 22-year-old Chumini, who I watch in Syria, and I've watched here for France while we're doing this podcast, and he's played very well. He's played a lot of forward uh cutting edge passes that we usually don't get from our midfield. Um, he's been held back playing with Rabiot and, and Pogba in the midfield. <laughs> I can tell you that much, but uh, uh, Pogba's not had a very, very good game. So it looks like he might be getting carded here too, possibly. Nope, they let it go. Sorry, I'm, I'm giving you a blow by blow. But those, you know, if you can get Jesse on a free, I... I you got to do that. You have to do that deal. Just for the simple fact it's not going to cost... Yes, there will be agent fees. Yes, there will be a sign-on bonus. But there's always those things when involved in a transfer. So, yeah, go get him. That's all yeah. I have to say. Yeah, I mean, that, you, you're, you're completely right on that. I mean, I do. I, I was going to ask you... You, you were, I, lo- I love you because you, you always predict what i'm going to say next so my next question was going to be would we sign him in january which you've kind of answered already but yeah i mean i agree i think especially now with the whole not rejecting the severe calls i feel like he is going to be a player that he's not going to be happy of playing for severe he'll play for severe but he will he won't be the player that he want that he is he won't be motivated too much and that again plays into our hands because an unmotivated player normally means a player goes cheaper so if we can get him in january that would be great it, especially if even if if Shalab is doing really well um 
and he comes in, then we've got six defenders that are absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think, I think Christensen's deal is basically done. I think they are looking to now give a deal to Aspi just in case Rudiger does not sign. But I do think Rudiger will eventually sign. I think it's just a matter of talking a bit more, maybe a bit more money into it. But I do think Rudiger will eventually sign um, for us uh, again. But regardless, I still think we need a Kunde anyway because Thiago Silva is going to be leaving the club. Aspilicueta will soon be leaving the club. So we do need to get the signing. I think it will be done in January, as you said. For, for the Frank Kessie rumour, I do think that will be an option Chelsea will look at. I, w- I do like Schumann and I think I've kind of had my, my I've kind of backed that all summer so I, I will try and back that still going into next summer but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens I think that's a, that's a top that's a discussion for another day when we, when it comes round to it but obviously now we've we spent a total of well if you're going to include the loan uh, fee we spent just over a hundred million pounds worth of players uh, coming in, which it's not that much. It's a good fee. Uh, it was less than Arsenal. Was less than other clubs such as United. I mean, Man City bought one player for a hundred million, so we, we 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 spent quite well. But the the great part of this window was. The players we sold, obviously, we got rid of quite a few deadwood, which we'll go through. But just as what, what was your opinion on the overall sales that we managed to do? Yeah, I think it was a, a good bit of business. I think we st- we went back to the um, business model of Cobham is that they're to make money for the, for uh, Chelsea, and that's what they should be looked at first and foremost. If you can find a gem or two. You know, I think that we did really good business. The ones we think that are going to be successful, all of your Levamentos, your Andrins, your Tammy Abrahams, they've all been uh, sold with a a buyback clause, which means uh, it's usually going to be less than what they'll be worth if you want to buy them back, right? So uh, if Levamento balls out and you have a couple, you know, I think it doesn't, doesn't come in for but a couple of years, um, he'll be worth more than what that buyback clause is. So great piece of business. He he gets to be stable. He doesn't have to bounce from club to club to club. We get the money up front, and we have the buyback. Tino Andrin going to Locomotive Moscow. That's a done deal now. He gets to go play under Ralph Ragnick's reign, uh, who is Tuchel's teacher. Or he comes out of that system. So Andrin's going to be put in some of the same similar positions that he would have played with us. And he knows he's going to be there for the next few years. And if he develops the way we think he will, boom, buyback clause will be less than what he's worth. Same thing with Tammy Abraham. If he does develop the way we think he he could possibly, uh, even though he's further down the line, do also have that buyback clause. So, very good business. We are known as the best-run club in Europe, which means we're the best-run club in the world. Uh, that's from Fabrizio. Everybody likes working with us because we're not. We don't pull. We 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 don't do a Sevilla, right? If we say yeah, we're gonna I was, do I was, gonna, I was gonna say maybe Sevilla don't like working with us too much. 
Well, that's, I think that's Sevilla trying to pull a fast one, thinking that if Zuma went out, we would have no other option but to, to pay a higher fee. Um, and, we're, you know, we're, we're, not gonna, we're just going to say, okay, well, have a nice day. We'll talk to you some other time um, and walk away from it. And you know, it, because Ch- Trevor Chalaba played so well in those two games, even though we got rid of Zuma, we could we could walk away saying, "Hey, look, we've got a guy. If you want to play like that, we'll come back in January, and uh, maybe at that time, Jules Kounde will have had enough of Sevilla, where he has put puts that transfer request on the table, and then you're going to peep, then we'll get him for less than what we would have paid in the first place. So, I I think that, you know, the, all the Marina out people need to need to go look in the mirror and, and figure out why they want Marina out. Is it purely because she's a woman? If that's the case, grow up. She's fantastic at her job. She, you know, everybody says, well, the 17 year, she negotiates contracts. She doesn't scout players and say, we want this player to come in. She's given a list and he says, go get these players and he, go, go start out the contracts. Well, that's what she did. Okay. It's not Marina's fault. 17 is not Marina's fault. It was uh, uh, probably the board's fault. We we didn't have a man, uh, director of football like we do now in Petr Cech. So there was disconnect between the coaching staff and, and the board. So there's a lot of things that you can put on it. But definitely you cannot put it on uh, the Lioness of London. I'm telling you right now, uh, she is brilliant at what she does. She she always brings in contracts for less for less than what you think she's going to bring in. And she sells players for more than you think we can get. We got 20 million pounds for Mark, uh, Mark Gay, who's never played a minute of Premier League football. 20 million pounds. I mean, come on. Everybody needs to be real about this. She's, she's wonderful at her job. And anybody who, who uh, takes the tact of, oh, she needs to go, I think you really need to look at yourself and, and wonder why you why you're thinking that way. Yeah, I mean, she she has been fantastic, and I, I don't I, I I don't understand the arguments they make <clears throat> about Marina being having a poor window just because she hasn't signed a particular. But I mean, as you said, I think the scouting department were the ones that scouted these poor players in 2017. Yes, maybe we might have paid a little bit too much for one particular player or another, but it's not. I don't think it's Marina's fault at all, and I think she's done a, a particularly good job with the signings as we'll go through. Obviously, the first one we'll go through: Tammy Abraham signed for thirty-six million pounds to AS Roma, uh, has a buyback clause. I think about sixty-eight million. Am I right? I do not know. I. It sounds about right. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was 80 million euro, wasn't it? So that's about 68 yeah, million pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's probably about right. So, yeah. Um, Jess, do you think that's a good move for Tammy? And do you think, for the second question, do you think he'll do well and then come back to Chelsea in the future? Well, that is a that is a tricky, you know, my, my, my magic eight ball doesn't work sometimes. Uh, <laughs> if you know, you know, right? If you're old enough to know what a magic eight ball is. Um, I don't think some some of our viewers are probably quite young, so they probably don't know what the magic cable is. Right. So I, for me, 
the first question is it's a good bit of business we did Get, you know he gets out of england he goes under uh jose marino or jose i guess it's not jose it's jose I like jose and the pussycats if you know you know um uh and he's been known to 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 have strikers play very well underneath him um he will so i think that's a good move overall uh good fee we got for him uh he we don't have to face him and will he come back he's gonna have to prove to be 68 million pounds worth of player and yes he started out very well but there's a long time before that release clause kicks in you don't know if jose is going to continue to be his manager or Jose sort short circuits and everything goes tits up in the end. And there's another manager that comes in and he doesn't develop as well. So there's a lot of variables in there. Uh, and I think there's other options we have in the system now. Uh, as far as your Armando Brogia, who I think is more of a, uh, the type of striker that we should uh, be looking at. I think he's a little, he's a, got, just something a little bit more to his game. Uh, I think he's more confident on the ball. He doesn't look like he's a newborn. Uh, you know, he doesn't look like Bambi when he's on the ball, where you you can easily tip him over. I think he's a little bit more solid. Uh, and we'll see in Southampton this year what he does. So we could have a we could have the Lukaku replacement already there. In which case, do you really need to? pay 68 million pounds to bring somebody back we'll, we'll see uh i don't like to predict try to predict the future because you never know what happened happen right yeah definitely i mean I, I agree i think there's a lot of variables that could happen um i do think tammy has got a lot to improve on in his game before he can come back and be that complete striker but let, let's see how he does i mean he's doing okay at the moment but as you said it's a long way to go I suspect Jose not to be there for more than three years. And we'll see how he does under a new manager as well. So I do wish Tammy the best. I think hopefully he will do well in Syria, but we'll have to wait and see for that. But it's a good bit of business for Chelsea to do. And was a part of a lot of money, part of money that was given to the transfer budget in the end, which helped us get Romelu Lukaku. So it's all good round. All Good for all parties. Um, the next transfer to move into, Kurt Zuma for £29 million pounds to West Ham. Um, again, Jester, do you think this is a good move for Kurt Zuma to go back to the Premier League West Ham? And do you think uh, it's a good bit of business we've done? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop taking the tact of is a good player because I haven't rated, rated... I didn't rate Kurt Zuma for a long time. Um... And I just watched him play again with France, and he has the same issues. He does not play with the ball at his feet. Uh, he he, you know he he made a pass that was picked off and almost uh, ended up in the in the net and at the other end. Perzuma is just not the type of of center back that Thomas Tuchel wants. Um, everybody looks at his his heading on offense. Great. I want my defenders to defend first and foremost. I don't care if you ever score. I don't think Christensen's ever scored for Chelsea, 
much better defender than Kurt Zuma. So much better with the ball at his feet. So for me, Christensen's a better better defender than Kurt Zuma. Um, so, you know, his he limited his options on where to go, saying he wanted to stay in London. And uh, so, yeah, West Ham was the only club that really came in for him. That tells you all you need to know when they had uh, a team like Arsenal that could have used him. Uh, you had Tottenham that could have used him. Uh, what other clubs are there in London? I, uh, West Ham. I know everybody says Aston Villa is not, in, but it's close there by. Uh, but I mean, all you've got really is Palace, basically, or Brentford. Oh, Palace, yeah. But I think and, they're out. They're out of price. I think to be fair, I think Tottenham already had bought Cristiano Romero. Um, Arsenal have already bought Ben White by that point. Palace had already bought Gouet at that point. Brentford probably don't have the money for Kurt Zuma. So I think it was London. If you're going to stay, say you want, say you want to stay in London, West Ham was the only option possible, to be honest. Right. So time will tell if it's going to be a good move for him. He still has the same problems. He's out of position a lot. That's why he has to make all those wonderful tackles. And he's not good with the ball at his feet. So... We'll see. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. It doesn't mean I don't like him as a person. I just don't think that he's Chelsea quality. So I wish him good luck in what he does. And uh, hopefully you can be out of position when you play us and we can put a few in the net and say, well, see, I told you so. Yeah, I mean, on, on in terms of the passing the ball around bit, do you think that do you think he'll be a bit better at West Ham considering they are not a team that likes that they do not aim to pass the ball around the back at all? So it's not really an aspect where he should get exposed too much of that. Obviously, I understand the positioning sense, but do you think that'll be a good move in that aspect for him? It might suit him a bit more. Well, again, it's looking at their centre backs. You have what Ogbana, and has it been me? Uh, you have Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, excuse me, Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, and and Ogbonna. Yeah, I, feel, I don't think there is anyone else actually. Yeah, I mean, I know so, they've sold a few players. Yeah, I think he ups, upgrades their their centre back position. Yes, um, but those flaws are not going to go away. They're not just going to magically go away. Um, you know, if he if he if he's just asked to hoof the ball upfield, if he Keeps if the ball keeps landing to the opposition, is that really any better than, you know? I guess it's better than losing it in your final third, or usually uh, losing it in your half, but you've still turned the ball over. Um, so I guess you know again, it could it's a fresh start for him. So maybe he does he does take it up a level. I just I think you've seen the best from Kurt Zuma. I don't know that there's any more you're going to see. Yeah, but do you think the fee's a good price for him, 29 million? Yeah, I think that's um, more than we thought. You know, I was saying 20, 25 million. It was near to 30 million. Again, Marina Masterclass, let's go. Uh, and, you know, people say, well, Ben White was 50. Yeah, well, Brighton didn't want to sell Ben White. We wanted to sell Kurt Zuma. That's where you get your price difference. 
you're spot on there because I've had so many people say that to me on Twitter, and I don't, I don't get how people do not understand that. That yeah, if you if you want to sell a player or a player's not on your plans, their value is going to depreciate. Whereas Ben White, Brighton don't want to get rid of him, so they can charge what they want for him. If a club's silly enough to pay that, which Arsenal were, then bet Brighton get all their money and they don't have to worry. It's like Basuma. Basuma will be cost probably at least around that price, maybe even a bit more, depending on how he plays. If a club wants to come in and buy it, they will. Yeah, but, definitely. So that's a that's a poor argument from people to compare what players win for because there's nuance in that. It's not straightforward. Again, it's not black and white. There's shades of gray, and you have to if you're not able to understand that or or you're doing it just to make a, 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 a an invalid point, then okay, it's not a conversation worth having anymore. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. It's definitely a conversation I got tired of twitter on mind you i get a lot i get a lot of conversations that i'm tired with on twitter um we'll move on to well, i'll kind of mention these players both in one because they're both kind of similar kind of deals uh obviously you've got kaya tamori and moved on earlier in the summer for about 26 million to ac milan and then you had mark gway moved to man uh, to crystal palace for around 20 million pounds i think it will add tough up to in the end obviously Gouet and Tamori have both spiked their uh, debates on Twitter with your favourite people, the Academy guys. Um, do you think they're, for their development, these two moves are good for them? And do you think we've got a good amount of money out of them? Yeah, um, look, I think a lot of people look at Tamori and they, they see the Wolves goal. Okay, one time thing. He had a worldie, props for hitting a worldie, but as a center back, he wasn't complete. He wasn't Chelsea level. Let's get that straight. He was good, but he wasn't the level. And this is Frank Lampard, the person who brought him in, that that sent him out on loan. It wasn't Thomas Tuchel. It was it was it was Frank Lampard. So obviously Frank did not see enough to keep him in the squad. So that's all I'm going to say about Fakairo Tamori. I wish him all the all, all the luck in at AC Milan, um, an easier league to play in, a little slower, and with his speed, he can afford to be out of position and make up with his pace. But uh, good luck. As far as Mark Gway, I was a big fan. I watched him play. Um, but he wasn't ready to come into the first team. It's obvious watching him at Palace. He re- he's not there yet, but he wanted first team time. You got to move him on. You know, if you're not if you're not willing to listen and say, look, we're, you're not ready yet. We can't use you in the team. And you're like, well, you're either going to use me in the team or I went I went out. You got to let him go. And to get twenty million. For players not played a, a minute in the Premier League, it's a great piece of business. So I wish him good luck. We've already shown that he's not the level we needed because that defense didn't look very good in the, uh, when we played them, and didn't look get good really good in this in the other game I've I saw them play. So um, yeah, good luck to him. 
Yeah, and obviously we've got the, well, it's I think it's the first refusal and the sell-on clause uh, on him. So if if he does have a really good season in the next few seasons and he does develop into a really good centre-back, Chelsea, again, have done good business in allowing us to have the opportunity to sign him back in the future should he want to come. So I, I, I don't see too much of a problem with it. Obviously, you get all the academy graduate fans um moan about it but i mean we have now seen trevor shallow become into the fold so i don't for me i don't see why i should complain because i've got one already so one is enough but it's again it's good money and it put a lot of money towards the fund um and was good to see obviously we do sell a lot of young players we've already mentioned andrin uh tamori abraham gway that's already put over a hundred million pounds into the into the fund um obviously we'll touch on the next few players as well that are also young players you've got Livermento who left um to Southampton along with Simue I I I've not I could probably butcher that pronunciation but I'm going to leave it at that you had Lewis Bate go to Leeds and there's someone else that I'm forgetting Ugbo. on my list oh yeah Ugbo went to uh Genk for seven million, that was a quite a good fee as well. So, do you think they're all all these all these young tar- signings were good as well? Obviously, with Livermento and Bate, we've got uh, possible buyback clauses on them as well. So, do you think it's good business from Chelsea with them as well? Yeah, again, if they if it, they, uh, reportedly they came went to the board and they they said we want first team we we they want uh, first team uh, minutes and. We can't give them first team minutes, and so it was a uh, time to go time. And so you what you do what you do you 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 sell him to a club that you know Hasenhutl's in that same Ralph Ragnick tree or there thereabouts, and uh, you put a buyback clause. So if he does develop and is everything everybody says he's going to be. Um, then you uh, you buy him back and you get a great deal on the buyback. If he doesn't, then you say thank you for your service and good luck. It's a good piece of business. You know, we did. Anytime you have a positive, you've you've, and I know everybody uses the positive net spin type thing, but it's really not a thing because everything is amortized or annuitized ever. However, you want to say it, say it. Um, but if you sell more players than you buy, as far as expenditures, it's always a good summer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I've said to, I think you've said it before to some people. I think with with these whole young players getting sold and having buyback options on them, I've said to people, just imagine it being a very long loan spell. Yeah, because they're, 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 you're getting money for them in the short term, which you can spend on other players. And then if they do really well and become these next big things, you buy them back for what will probably be a half-decent fee. You won't be completely conned out by pre- English tax, Premier League tax on them. And you'll be able to buy these players back and put them in the team. So I don't really see too much of a problem with it. If, 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 they, if they were just sold and, say, Livermento was sold and didn't have a buyback option... And then he did. He does really well. We we spend like sixty 
say 60 million on him and obviously that's just eventually you think a poor business in the end but the way we're structuring it's the way we structure these deals that people have got to understand that they're, they're they're very good business for the club and it's allowing us to go buy in the short term and then possibly bring them back in the long term but unfortunately some people just don't seem to understand it uh which is it's a bit of a shame but i know our our supporters our listeners a lot of them are very smart um level-headed people so uh that's always nice to um educate the people that maybe are not too um uh, unsure about these deals but it's always good to uh, have nice people listening that uh, understand the transfer market and see that Chelsea are doing a really good job Um, obviously we've sold a load of young players we've mentioned that but we've also got the piles of Deadwood that were on the the fire since 2017 that we we needed to get rid of Um, and we have this season, we've, I think this is the first season we've actually got rid of a few. Obviously, Zappa Costas left for £8 million to Atalanta. Victor Moses has lot, let, went to Spartak Moscow for £4.5 million. Uh, Giroud, obviously, he's not a Deadwood, but obviously, he's what he's left for about a million pounds to AC Milan. Timmy Bakioko has gone on a two year loan with an obligation to buy of around, I think it's around €15 million, Euros, which again, great deals and it means we get rid of these players i mean shout out to danny Drinkwater as well who's going on loan to reading which means we do not see him back in a chelsea shirt because he leaves at the end of that spell so jesses do you think it's a good deal would you think we've done well getting rid of some of the deadwood this season considering this is supposed to be a market where it's not a seller's market yeah i think so i um uh some of those players again we're not of the quality that uh, we needed in the team. Doesn't mean they're bad players. They're just not Chelsea quality. Chelsea quality is the top one percent. They're not top one percent material. So it's a got to go situation. It took a long time for them to go out. We made plenty of money on their loan fees throughout the years, um, and uh, we were able to finally move them on. And you could also see, we, we talked about Kessie, you could see uh, where that would end up triggering a good deal to, to uh, trigger Bakayoko's uh, obligation because it's a, uh, it's a, he has to meet certain metrics. And if Frank Kessie's not there, those metrics will probably be easier to meet. So it, you could see one, one bit of business helping the other bit of business there. Um, but yeah, it looked, we, we still have Ruben. I know you're a Ruben fan, but I just think that for the sake of his career and whatever's left of it, uh, a move at this point in time will probably be the best for him. Uh, let him go and and be a professional, do professional things. Maybe he, he improves and is able to get back in the England squad. But, of course, you know, that injury was just horrible at that time. Uh, Ross Barkley... Again, uh, let's hope we can move him on in January. Um, and I think the only other one uh, that we weren't able that that wasn't able to be moved on, other than who was the third one that wasn't able to be moved out? Or I don't, was there I, one? I don't think there is a third one actually. Not not anyone that I can think of of any relative. Importance. Oh, sorry. 
Maling Saw. Oh, yeah, Saw, yeah. So hopefully he can be moved on in, in January as well. Um, I think there's still possibilities for like the Turkish League or Portugal or even Russian League to the seventh. So maybe something can happen, but he's uh, one of those players you, you know, it, once somebody comes in with some money, you just sell him because you got him on a free. Um, so if we can get those three out in January, uh, do a pre-contract signing of Kessie and bringing in Kunde, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that would be two windows back-to-back, 10 out of 10. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't get rid of everyone. So obviously, back uh, Barkley, I think it's one of them things where he didn't. I mean, Chelsea was supposedly got rid of his number and told him to move on, but he hasn't moved on. So I'm sure he'll find somewhere in January. I think Saar. I think the problem is with his wage. I think club certain clubs are not willing to pay it. Um, pay the majority of the fees, which I think Chelsea are going to have to take a bite on that because if they want if they want to make this player look good and potentially sell him on or if he does really good and comes in back into the team he's going to have to play and I think you you gave unfortunately they have to say Chelsea you gave him the wages so if you have to pay some of it then that's what you're going to have to do um, but that's just one of them things and yeah with Ruben I, I do think I, I, I still argued that Give him one more loan spell and see how he does it after that. And then if you want to sell him next summer, you can. But obviously, he's going to be with the team now um, for at least till January. So we'll we'll see how he gets on, uh, if he gets any time at all. I don't, I don't, I'm not optimistic that he gets a lot of time now. But we'll see what happens. Um, and hopefully, maybe in January, he either gets a loan move or if he gets sold, then it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not... I'm not gonna moan over it too long. Um, but obviously, we still have some sort of loan army. It is considerably smaller now since we've got rid of a few players. Now, um, I'm not gonna go through every loans transfer to see whether it's a good deal. So we'll just go through some of the couple of main ones. Um, starting off with Billy G himself uh, made his move to Norwich um, early in the window, and I think. <laughs> What do you think of the deal? Do you think it's a good deal? I know Norwich haven't been fantastic in the Premier League so far, and I know Johnny will be going crazy because he didn't want him to go anyway, and he won't want to see Billy Gilmore losing every week. But do you think Norwich is a good deal, good good loan move for Billy to get some experience? Well, uh, again, he's playing under a manager in the in the Ragnick tree, uh, coached with Tuchel. He was uh, assistant coach with Tuchel at Dortmund. Uh, so there's some familiarity there. He knows how he's going to be used. And I think it's good for a player to uh, go through adversity. That's what makes you better. If everything is easy, you don't, you, you don't grow and become better. If it's hard, you have, to, you have to work harder on your game. You have to get outside your comfort zone. You have to do things like maybe it develops his defense more than it already is. Um, and he's still young. So I don't really want to see him in the team next year either. I think he's too young for it. Um, and if we're re-signing Conte and Jorginho, he'd just be sitting on the bench. Uh, so 
I think if he has a good loan spell this year, you send him on a you maybe that allows him to get to a uh, higher level club for next year, and then you look at him. Again, he's five five, five six. You got to have some height in your midfield, and if you have a, a an Ingolo Conte and a Billy Gilmore, where's that height come from? If you have a Jorginho and a Billy Gilmore, where's that physicality come from? You've got so we we just have to understand that he's he, he's talented, yes, but let him go out and and earn a place. And let him let him go out and develop and see what his final pro- game is going to be. See if he can pick up those defensive those defensive uh, postures. So, um, yeah, I again, good loan move for him. He'll get a baptism under fire and see see how uh, strong he can be. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with your points. Um, we'll just. Uh curtail to our next guest that is coming on for a grand total of two minutes regular co-host marv how, how you doing hello my friends i'm doing i'm doing well uh sorry i've not been um on the episode i've just been working seven hours in a row and i'm now supposed to be in another class but i thought i'd pop in in between that and say hello and join in with this current topic yeah i mean marv if you want to give your overall review of the transfer transfer window in your opinion yeah, well, I think um, I said 6.5 when I was talking to fellow podcast friend Quinlan a while back, but I, I've, I've kind of upped it to seven. Um, I believe but it's seven because we missed out on it being truly, truly great. And that really could have been achieved had we achieved Kunda. I know it's not really the club's fault that Sevilla uh, reneged on the deal, which really should be punished. Um, but in that sense... I would say it's good because we've got a guy that has only upside. Now, if Saunigez doesn't prove to be good for us, he's just a bench warmer and he provides valid backup. But what we do have is a player that four years ago, everyone wanted in their team. It's the same guy that was touted by Bayern Munich, Man United for over hundreds of millions. Now, watching him play in the past, was really impressed with him every time. Um, and not just that random run against Bayern. It's a solid player. He can create, he can playmake, he can defend. So, and add that to Lukaku, who's looking pretty good in his opening couple of games. It's definitely improved the team. So that's why I say seven or around about seven, because we have improved the team that's champions of Europe. I just felt like we could have done a little more, especially given our current pool power as champions of Europe. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Kunde deal it was. I think it was one of the ones. I think Sevilla didn't mess it up in the first place, and I think Zuma has a bit of point to that as well, where he kind of didn't want to decide where he wanted to go. It was a bit selfish away. He wanted to move, which made the deal a bit harder and progressed it further along into the window. But um, what do you think of the outgoings? Obviously, we've sold a lot of the Deadwoods, uh, loaned a few out, and got a lot of money for some youth players. Do you think we did really well in the selling market? very well in the selling market there's only one i kind of regret which is tino livramento after watching a couple of games in southampton i felt like he could have really given a reese good competition um, much better than the other option that we have at wing back um so i really would have liked to have kept him i think that as long as all of them have buybacks they're pretty decent i, I was a long supporter of selling tammy and zuma so they were both in line with what i want as a fan, I just don't think they were quite at the level required. Um, 
who else did we sell? A lot of the youth players have gone. Don't really give a shit about Gurhi going. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we sold. Emerson, only on loan, but he needed to get out too. The, the sales are great. I would have really loved to have sold on Ross Barkley. I'm quite frustrated he stayed as a member of the squad because I don't think he really adds anything um, apart from more opportunity for British bias. Um, I also probably would have... There was another one, I can't think of who it was, that should have gone. can't remember who it was. Well, well, you, yeah, well, go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, you got Zappa Costa that sold. you got Moses yeah. that sold. Giroud was sold. Bakayoko's on loan for two years, but it is hopefully going to be an obligation to buy so that yeah. means he'll go Danny Drinkwater will go on loan and then just end his contract um, Michi Batshuayi is on loan Emerson's on loan obviously they've extended contracts but for a year but hopefully maybe we'll be able to sell him on next year I think the only other players that didn't really get sold or anything was Malang Saar and then Ruben off the chick that was the one Saar yeah I, I mean I think it's the problem with the club is it's the wages he's on. I think clubs are not willing to uh, pay the wages, and I think the club needs to kind of take a little bit of a uh, need to chunk, need to still pay it and get him out on loan at least. Or because you're not, unfortunately, you're not going to get much price of him if he's just sitting in the reserves. Exactly. I don't think he's going to play too much, but the thing, I mean, I'm happy Loftus Chic stayed. I still think he has a huge amount to offer. I don't think he's been given a fair enough time to. I mean, we've given Hudson-Odoi so many chances after his industry, in the injury and he hasn't done anything. So why can't we do that to Cheek? I think he's a much better player. So I'm glad to see he stayed. In general, can't complain. We've got rid of most of the players we needed to get rid of. Yeah, I think considering it's supposed to be a buy, it's not supposed to be a buyer-seller's market at all, I think we've done pretty well. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, we were just talking about Billy Gilmore and his loan spell. What, what do you think? Do you think it's a good loan for Billy at Norwich, or do you think it's a bit of a problem with them losing all the time? Almost perfect. I think it was the move he needs. And if they're losing all the time, then he's not that good. And some people just don't want to hear that. I like Gilmore. I think he's got a lot of talent. But people are putting him over when it's not really that warranted. He had some great games at the beginning. Brilliant Liverpool, brilliant Everton. And he is a good player, I think. But, you know... Them losing all the time with him in the midfield, he needs to do more. I mean, he played well, but he gives the ball away in some silly areas and stuff. This would be a very good learning experience for him. I think the loan is perfect because of the way they play. And I think they do play how he likes. Um, they've not had a good start. I kind of expect them to do a little bit better than they have at the beginning, but it's not looking great. Um, but I think the, the loan move is, is good. He wouldn't have played much here. So I think he needs to be playing all the time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you need to go or you got more time? I think I might need to leave now. Oh, yeah, sorry, my friend, uh, student just said he's ready. Uh, lovely to speak to you guys. Have a wonderful rest of pod. No worries. Thanks for coming on, Marv. Time. Take care, brothers. Right, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back. Oh, oh, we'll get back into the Billy, uh, Billy Gilmore debate. Um, yeah, I do. I do agree with your points, Jess. I think um, Billy. I do. I do think it, it again. It's a good. It's a good style. It's the good. It's the right style we want him to play. I think we made the mistake last year of Gallagher put him in West Brom, where he ended up getting stuck under Sam Allardyce football, and it just Gallagher did all right, but it wasn't just the right style for him. 
and that that I find is not it's not very good when you put start them in styles you don't want them to play them. But I think as you said, you you learn. I, I find you do learn a lot more when you're losing, when you're win than when you're winning all the time. I do think I kind of disagree with what Marv said in the way. I think I know he's at the central midfield, but there is ten other players on the field. So if they're constantly losing, you still can see you still might see the good parts of Billy Gilmore in there. It it's not always. He he might be putting really good passes in, but if, if the defence, like it always is with Norwich, is as shaky as anything, then it's not really too much of Billy Gilmore's fault. Hopefully, obviously we'll have to analyse that as we go. But as you said, I think we do. He does need another, probably another loan on top. Hopefully, to a better team than Norwich, and make a step up into more of a mid-table team. Maybe a Southampton or maybe someone a bit better. We'll see what happens next season, but. As we've said in the past, I think we've all said that Kovacic is likely to go. Um, we do. I do think Jorginho will probably go back to Italy within the next couple of years. And then Kante with his injuries, how long has he got at the top level? So I think there's, even if he goes on loan for two years, there's still a place for Gilly Gilmore. And if he does well in them loan spells, then again, it's someone that we can bring in. And if he doesn't, then we just go and get another midfielder in. I think we do... Eventually, I think we will have a hopefully if we have Frank Kessie or we have a Shu Many, I think we do have that physicality that can then complement Billy Gilmore eventually. But I think we'll have to wait and see how this new midfield goes. Um, but let's hope Billy does uh, good on loan. And obviously, Gallagher as well. He's at Crystal Palace. He's done quite well at the start. Um, do you think he's a player that will ever really get a chance at Chelsea or do you think it'll be one of them ones that we eventually sell on for a bit of money? I always looked at Gallagher as, as really similar to Mason Mount. Mason Mount has a more refined game, but as far as the work rate, the pressing, the defense, you know, all around, very good uh, midfielder. Um, you want to see a little bit more levels from him? I, I mean, he did put uh, rice in a box, so, you know, little little fried rice there. Uh, on the court, on the Cruyff turn and the and the score. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, it was a bad loan, and a bad loan sent uh, sent you a year back. So him going out on loan this year, if he if he continues in the same vein, not to think he's going to score two goals a game, but if he can, you know, if he can have a half, halfway decent uh, loan spell, then you have to kind of think, okay, well maybe there is something there. And, and the other point to Billy Gilmore is, look, you've got how many great young central midfielders are there in the game right now? There's a dearth of them. You've got Jude Bellingham we're looking at as well, um, who is, is fantastic. So, look, people are just going to understand that just because he came out of Cobham, if you can sell Billy for a price and bring in a Jude Bellingham, you do that all day long. If you can bring in a Chua Mini who's further along, more physical over uh, Billy Gilmore, you do that all day long because he gives you that extra physicality that Gilmore can't give you because he's not never going to be that tall. Um, so there, it's just a dearth of central midfielders out there right now. So you really have to do bits to be able to... And we've got the two best midfielders in the world right now in Jorginho and Conte. So, you know, what are we talking about here, really? Um, it's a, a, a matter of numbers, and right now, 
you've got Kovacic, who everybody loves. You have Saul, who, if I believe he becomes the person who he was before, is going to have a place in this team. There is no room for an academy graduate right now to come in this team. There's only room for somebody who's going to give you something that the others don't. And Billy Gilmore and Connor Gallagher do not give you that as of this moment. So they're going to have to go out there and prove it. And uh, unfortunately, it could come to become to a, a a day where, hey, the right bid comes in and they're gone. And people are just going to have to get over it. Especially if you have a Chumini coming in, a Kessie coming in, a Saru Niguez, uh, a Jude Bellingham. All better players than the two we just discussed. So you're just going to have to get over it. No, he's not. They're not academy kids, but they're better players. And, at, at, you know, the goal of the club is to win as many trophies a year as they can. And those players get you closer than the academy products. Yeah, I, I agree with you, to be fair. I think, well, obviously, we've got to have a, we're going to have a transformation of this window, this midfield over the next few years. And obviously, they, the Billy Gilmore and Gallagher, one of them may get in. But, there are also better players out there. So if they're not at the level, then they won't get in. I do think, I know it was a bad loan spell for Gallagher in terms of the play, but I did actually think for what the loan spell was, I think Gallagher did actually get more out than I thought he would uh, from it. Uh, but just that's just of his own level rather than what actually Sam Allardyce gave him. But I do agree with you about the similarity to Mount. I actually do think in terms of when we talk about Mount's final ball, I actually do see a bit more in Gallagher of his final ball, but obviously Mount, in terms of that work ethic off the ball, I think is more a lot more refined than Gallagher. And that's where, when you compare the two, Mount probably would get in over Gallagher in the end. Um, but yeah, I think hopefully this loan mail move with Crystal Palace as well. Um, and then I think Gallagher will be the next player, hopefully, I don't. If, if I was to predict, I don't think Gallagher gets in the team. Uh, I do think he'll be another guy we sell on for, hopefully a handsome price, twenty twenty five million maybe, depending on how well he does in his loan, and then we put a buyback option on him if he does well in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean it's one and once. If that happens, it's good business, and we we bring in more players. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean the last loan we're gonna talk about just before we do finish Ethan Ampadu obviously this is a player that a lot of people love and it's one player I've never really got the hype over um, everyone calls him academy graduate but he's not an academy graduate he came from Exeter City so that's always a misconception with uh, people anyway and he's got obviously he had a he didn't have a good loan spell uh, Leipzig didn't really play too much had a loan spell at Sheffield United, and if you talk about talk to any Sheffield United fan, they didn't like Ampadu at all. Um, and for a team that got relegated, if they're not liking the player at all, that doesn't speak bode well. When he's gone to Venezia in Serie A, they are now bo- they are currently bottom of the table, which doesn't fill me with the greatest joy. And what I find with Ampadu as well, you always get these loan players that they're happy. To, they talk about their loan spell, they're happy, but Ampadu like he never even announced that he was going he was happy to join Venezia or anything he just not a mention on any of his social media at all and I don't I don't know I, I just don't feel 
I don't see the hype around this player. What, what do you do? You think Ampadu's going to have a good loan at all, and do you think he's got a career at Chelsea at all? Thank you for coming. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Ain't never at Chelsea level needs to go bye bye. That's 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 the end of that story. I don't understand why or what he's done to say, oh, that guy's got to get in our team again. Any player can have a good few games. It's about consistency. So you can point if you can point to, oh, he played good against Tottenham when he was at, at Leipzig. That's one game. Even bad players have a good game every now and then. Or even, you know, average players have good games. Not Chelsea level. Let's find him a club. Let's sell him off, off and let him go. Uh, you know, sometimes... You know, it doesn't matter what you want. It's the matter of what a player can give you. And Ethan Ampadu does not give you anything that you don't already have in your club. Nothing. He's not really a tweener. He's not really a center back. Not really a defensive midfielder. What really is he? If you can't figure out a position for him, it's a got-to-go situation. So uh, it's a very short answer is he needs to go. No future at Chelsea. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I always look at him. And I think he he's very similar in a way to how um, Nathan Ake was with us. Too small to be a centre back in a way, but not fast enough to be a full back or a, a technical enough to be a midfielder. But I I, I look at I look at Ake and I thought at least I, I felt I felt Ake just had at least more in him than Ampadu does. I think the best when Ampadu's played has been when he's been at Wales. I have for me. Apart from one or two games every now and then, I've not seen anything of him that, for me, shows that he should be even at this club, let alone being in the team. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his value on transfer market, and that's £13.5 million. I mean, I'd take that for him right now. I mean, I I don't know what you'd think, Jesters, but I think... I'll take your hand off for it. Yeah. £13.5 See ya. (laughs) <laughs> I mean it surprised me apparently he's worth more than Gilmore in his value I was like okay confused with that okay but um, yeah it's just one of the things I just I don't know I don't, I don't buy that maybe he does turn into a good player but and he's, he is only 20 years old so he's the same age as Gilmore but I, I just don't I don't know I don't see what it is I know people a lot of people probably disagree with us both but hey it's all about it's all about a healthy debate. We we don't mind disagreement as long as you come with good arguments. It's fine. I mean that's all what debate is, and football is 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 a game of debate and discussion. So um, if if you guys think Ampadu, if you guys can tell us in the comments if you like Ampadu, if you think he can, uh, what what why we should keep him. Let us know, and we will be up willing. We'll be willing to have a nice, healthy debate with you to see if you can change our minds. Um, but that does bring the end to it. I, don't, I mean, there's not really any other loan moves really to talk about. Obviously, Matt Miazga, just as fellow American, goes to Alvarez. But again, I think he's a player that <sighs> 26 now needs to probably get go sold and get somewhere else. Do you think Jester's agree? Oh, yeah. There's no way he'll ever play for Chelsea Football Club. Sorry. Um, I, You know, 
I'm going to blow up the uh, American bias uh, myth real quick. Yeah, needs to go. No business being at Chelsea Football Club, not at the level, really not even at the level really to start for the U.S. men's national team now. Uh, they've got better options, younger options. He hasn't been brought in for this 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 round of, of qualifiers. So I think that tells you everything you need to know. If you can't get in the U.S. men's national team, how are you going to get in Chelsea? So. Exactly. I mean, you summed it up perfectly. I mean, we'll finish off. Obviously, Marv gave the window a 7 out of 10, which I, I thought was a little bit harsh. Um, what would you give, if you were to give a rating out of 10, what would you give this window? Yeah, so this is how I, I rate uh, windows is what are your needs and did you fill those needs with quality players our need was a clinical striker check uh, top three in the world check central midfielder with all the things that Saul is check check I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 window we, we did the business and we came out in the green not in the red Right, so that leaves leaves us with options in January to go out and get the Jules Kounde to sign a, a Frank Kessie if we went to on a on a pre uh, a pre contract, or if we lose, let's say N'Golo goes down with a long term injury, which is highly possible at this point, bringing in a Chuamini as well in January. So check and check, ten out of ten window. Um, because we got the targets that we needed and the spots that we needed. And I, yes, you could say, well, you didn't get Kunde. Okay, that was that's a cherry on top. We built Sunday. If you can build Sunday and come out in the green, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I look at it from obviously all the buyers, all the sales. I'm going to give it just ever so slightly lower and give it a nine. I think, obviously, as you said, striker, top three, we got. Midfielder, we got. Defender would have been the, the bonus. We didn't, obviously, we didn't get that, but again, it's not really our fault. And then again, looking at the sales, we sold a lot of players, made a lot, made a lot of business, obviously, got in the green. Um, sold the majority to Deadwood, I think, again. Kunde, I'm looking at Kunde and I'm looking at the right of Ross Barkley, Saar, Loftus Cheek, etc. And just thinking, could have got, we could have done business with them, but obviously, I know you can't do everything and it's a COVID window, so there's obviously reasons for that. So I, I'm going to give it a nine. It can be a ten, and I, I, I would, I, I don't disagree with you for putting a ten. I've always won them people. I don't. I don't give out tens willy nilly. So if I'm given a nine, then you've done pretty damn well. Um, so yeah, I mean, guys, let me let us know as well in the comments um, what you rate the window out of ten, and maybe state your reasons why. Just give a little summary. I know Twitter, you can't put too much in, so keep it short. If you're on Instagram, you can write as many paragraphs you write up as you like. I'll read them all and give you a nice reply as well. Um, but that does end the transfer roundup. It's been a very long stream. I'm, I'm glad we didn't get uh, Marvin Josh for the whole thing because we've been going on for about four or five hours the way we've, we've gone into it in depth. But I suppose with me, me and you, it's, we, 
we can go into a bit more depth, uh, which is quite nice. Um, just as I'd like to thank you for coming on. Thank you, sir, for having me as always. Blessed to be here and uh, look forward to doing one of these things after a, another Chelsea win, which will be uh, against Aston Villa and next weekend. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, Aston Villa we get a win and we can go out, go, in, go into the Champions League rounds with a lot of confidence. Um, but obviously, I, I'm going to, guys, I'm going to do a little bit of plugging towards the end. So, first of all, uh, Worldwide Chelsea, the YouTube channel, uh, not the podcast yet, but hopefully soon we will, is now sponsored by the One Football app. Um, so, we in the on the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to it if you haven't already, but I assume most of you have. Uh, there's a link in the description. If you can, um, download the app. It helps us a lot. It means if we can get a lot, a lot, a few, a good few downloads, we get sponsored more, and then we'll get hopefully a sponsor on the pod where you'll see me make a whole monologue of how good the One Football app is. Which I I use it now. I, I my second my Belgium team is Club Bruges, and it's not easy to find games. But you can watch games live on there. You can get transfer news. You can get up to date statistics. What it, the, the the name One Football is perfect because it has all the things you need. You don't need loads of these different apps. You can just find it all in one app. Um, so make sure you click. Even if you've got it already, delete it and then just re-download it on that link. And it helps us all out. It's easy to do. It's the app's free. So. Guys, if you can, that would be fantastic for me, Sadiq, and everyone else on the channel. Um, also, like I said last week, we've made our Instagram page. We've now reached 50 followers. If you can give it a follow, even give it a share on your accounts, let's try and get to 100 before the end of the year and try and boost that. And just keep keep going. Keep keep listening to the pods. We're growing. We're going to improve. We're gonna, I'm going to get some new equipment for the pod get some more guests on we'll have jesters on obviously regularly now marvel come on we've got some more direct uh og guests i'm trying to make an og pod again for all of you guys trying to get Corey and all the gang back on it's hard but we'll, we'll get them on eventually but thank you all guys for listening uh 